Well, I was asked to give a, a title for the sermon, and I'm not very good at titles of the sermons at all. Uh, but this sermon is, is on Psalm 27. I hope, God willing, to go through all of Psalm 27 with you this morning. Um, I, I am convinced that the beginning of the psalm, the first verse, is the key to understanding the psalm. Uh, the first verse uh, spend more time on and then the rest will follow, God willing. This is a psalm of David. Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There are times in our lives when we face difficulties, when we face problems, when we fear. And here in verse 1, we have the key for believers. The key for believers that unlocks the door to security, peace, and work for God. Because we're all disciples and workers for God in the Lord Jesus Christ. And here we find the answer to our troubles, the response that we should be thinking through ourselves when there are difficulties in our lives. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord. Uh, it's in capital letters, capital L, O, R, and D. Uh, in olden days, it, we, this word was translated Jehovah or Yahweh. It means God who is in control of all things and needs nothing. The independent one, the unique one, the holy one. Here is one who has made all things and all things uh, existing because of him. He needs no one and nothing. He is completely and totally unique. He is the Lord. He is pure beyond purity. He is higher than the highest heavens. He is the Lord. And here David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The one who, who flung the stars into space. The one who crafted the mountains with the tips of his fingers. This one, this one is the light that David sees by. He is light. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And here David says that when there are dark times, no, when there are times when he wakes up, God is his light. The Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation, he is his light and he is his salvation. He is light. Everything he can see, he sees through the lens of God the Almighty, the Micah of heaven and earth. He is light, and David sees everything through him. Us, when we go through trials and, and difficulties, when we walk day by day, do we walk in the light of God? God is our light. He switched on a light in our minds. We were darkness. We were living in darkness. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And then God shone his light on us. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who were in the valley of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shone. And here David starts off saying, the Lord, he is my light. And because he is his light and he is the Lord, this light will never go out. 
this light will never be extinguished because he is the Lord. You know, you, you get these batteries and they're called Ever Ready. And then you switch on your torch and it doesn't work because they're not Ever Ready. They've gone out and then you buy another set and they're called Everlasting Batteries and you switch them on and after a month they go off. This light, the Lord is my light. He will never go out. Never. But David goes on and he says that this Lord is also my salvation. They go together. God illuminates. He, he opens our eyes. He helps us so that we can now see. He makes us alive. Why? So that we can be saved. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Salvation is a, is a huge word. It's a, it's a gigantic word in Scripture. It means that you are saved from your sins. The, a big problem we have is our sins. Inside us, out of our hearts come wickedness, evilness. We, we do things we, we don't want to do, and often we do things we do want to do, and they're wrong. We, we're sinful. And these sins are breaking the laws of God. We're sinful. But God saves us from our sins. He takes our sins away from us. And he puts them on the Lord Jesus Christ. And a great transaction was made on that cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us. That we, we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He took, as it were, our dirty garments of sin. And he put them on his son. The father put the sins of his people on the son. And the righteousness of Christ, his pure garments, were put on us. And in Christ we are clean and pure. He is our salvation. He saves us from our sins. He, he saves us from the power of our sins. Because when we are saved, God comes and changes us. He creates in us a new heart and an upright spirit. And we are now able to fulfill the laws of God. We're able to walk in the law. When he says, this is the way, walk ye in it. We're able to go. Because he enables us. The power of sin is crushed. And we who are in Christ Jesus are new creations. But... We are also saved from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. Because there is a day of reckoning. A day when everyone will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And every deed that we have done in the body, every idle word that we have spoken, will come to judgment. But those who are in Christ Jesus, he has taken our sins far away. As far as the east is from the west, that far, he has taken our sins. He has put them on a rock and cast it into the depths of the sea. God says, I will remember their sins no more. Not that he will forget our sins, but he will remember our sins no more. You see, when we have arguments with members of our family or friends, they will dig up things that we've done before in the past. They said, oh, I can't trust you. I can't believe that what you're saying is true because you did this and you said that. They bring them up. Even though they'd said they'd forgiven us, they bring them up 
But God, the Lord, who is pure and righteous, he will remember our sins no more. And when we sin, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will remember our sins no more. And on that day, the day of judgment, we will stand before him clothed in that garment, the clothes of Christ, pure and spotless, let it be. But there's also salvation from the devil. Because the devil is running this world. He, he is the prince of the power of this world. He thinks he runs all things. People here are controlled and, and are doing the devil's work. But Christ, Christ has stopped that. We have been transported out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious light. He has saved us away from the devil. And we are saved also from the wrath of God because God looks at sin and he's angry with the sinner every day. The wrath of God abides on him or her, but God the Father sent the Lord Jesus Christ into the world as a substitute for sinful people. Not for good people, not for righteous people, not, not for people who are good, but he sent the Son. The Son came into the world for sinners, to take away our sin and to make us righteous in his sight, so that then there is no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. David, when he looks at his problems and the difficulties and opposition, he stops and he says, the Lord, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Who can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus? It is the Lord who has done this. He is my light. He will never go out. He has given me salvation. No, he is my salvation as long as the Lord shall endure. So I shall endure, and my salvation shall endure. What can anybody do? Whom? Whom shall I fear? And then he, he goes on in, in the verse to, to repeat it, or it seems to repeat, but it isn't. You see, as soon as we're told that we've been given salvation as a gift, as soon as we've been told that God has changed us, we start thinking, but what happens if somebody takes that away? What happens if I, I put it down? You know, sometimes people think salvation is, is, is like a, a, a watch or a phone or something that God gives you to look after and to keep. And we must look after this watch or this phone. And, and sometimes we, we'll put it down. And we'll get distracted and we'll go off somewhere and we lose the watch or the phone. And we lose our salvation. We lose the light. And so David here says in the second part of the verse, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord, again, the omnipotent one, the one who is self-existent, the one who has all power and glory in himself. This one, the Lord, 
is my strength of my life. Now, the word strength there can be translated in a number of ways. The ESV, I think, translates it slightly better than the New King James here. It can mean strength, but it can also mean a place of hiding, a stronghold, a place of safety. Now, when Moses, through God's guidance, took the people across the River Jordan, they set up six cities, six cities of refuge. There were three on the east, three on the west side of the River Jordan. And say you accidentally killed someone. It's, it's quite bad to kill someone, but you've accidentally killed someone. You're out chopping. You're chopping some wood and your, your mate is standing behind you and you swing the axe and the axe slips out of your hand and hits him on the head and he's dead. Now, what happens then is that the closest relative will want revenge. They'll be full of bloodlust and anger because you've killed their brother. You've killed a father, a, a cousin, and they'll be after you. And you can't reason with them because they're really angry. And so you have to hide. You have to go somewhere that's safe. So you run to one of these six cities of refuge. And you hide in the city of refuge. And you go before the chief elders there and you tell them your case. And they judge you to find out whether you're guilty or not. And if you're guilty, they throw you out and you're punished. If you're not guilty, you may stay within the city of refuge. And the manslayer cannot touch you. And when the high priest dies, that's in Israel, then you're free to go out of the city and you have to hope that the family abide by the law. Because when the high priest dies, then you say, There's, that's it. He's allowed out of the city. Now, here David says that God, the Lord, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. My life, my being, is hidden in God. God is my city of refuge. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. He is my city of refuge. I am in him. Of whom shall I be afraid? He is the, the priest who died and rose again. So he may go in and out and find rest. There is no condemnation. The sins are removed. We are safe in Christ Jesus. Your salvation cannot be taken away from you because God has given it to you and you are now in Christ Jesus. Remember in, in John chapter 10, when the Pharisees say to him, now tell us, tell us, are you really the Christ? And he's been telling them for so many times and they're not listening. And, and he says, the reason you don't listen is because you're not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. I and the father are one. My sheep are in my hand. My sheep are in the Father's hand. You see, when the Lord Jesus Christ saves us, he saves us. We are saved. That means from the beginning to the end. We are always saved. Continually, the Lord Jesus Christ will keep us and watch over us and protect us. We shall never be lost. We shall never be taken. There is no 
loss with Christ because he is the saviour. And here is David and all his enemies around him and he is saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my stronghold. The Lord's name is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are saved. That's what we do. We are in Christ Jesus and we are safe. Now, that's the start of the psalm and the rest of the psalm follows on. How, how does this affect us? How should this affect you? If the Lord is your light and the Lord is your salvation and the Lord is your stronghold, how should it affect you? Well, verses 2 to 3, it should change your attitude. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. You see, in the past, David remembers when, when the enemies were out to get, to get him, they couldn't get him. Why can't they get him? Because he's in the stronghold. They can't do anything worthy of damage to David because he is in the stronghold. He is in the Lord. They stumbled and fell. That's was the past. But what about the future? Though an army should encamp against me, I'm in my stronghold. I am in the Lord and I am safe. And outside there is an army. What can they do to me? They can't destroy the Lord. They can't break down his walls and enter. My heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, though a war should come and many nations should attack the stronghold, in this I will be confident that the Lord is his light and my salvation and my stronghold. We're, we're to be confident. Our attitude should be changed because God has done this for us in Christ Jesus. Verses 2 to 3. Verses 4 to 6 tells us that what we believe should also be affected by this fact. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. I, I don't need to worry about them. I don't need to be concerned about what I'm going to put on or, or what I'm going to eat or who's going to attack me. That isn't what I must focus on. One thing, one thing, God changed me. And one thing is now important for me. That will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The believer has been changed and now has a focus. We're to take our eyes off the world and we're to keep them on the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full on his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We're to seek, we're to desire, what? To dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. My job today is to walk with the Lord in the light of of his word. My job today is to look to the Lord Jesus Christ and behold his beauty and behold his wonder and to inquire in his temple. We're to grow and we're to develop 
you know, they're, they're, they're Christians. And when you're converted, your brain is, is sort of like the size of a tadpole. But then as you grow and you develop in godliness and in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you turn into a whale. That's what we're to be. We're to be inquiring and growing and developing as the Lord Jesus Christ wills. And then, you see, there's that problem. Well, will we grow? Will we develop? Well, he puts verse 5 there. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. David tells us that we're to carry on and we're to grow and we're to have this focus. Why? Because ultimately we are saved. And on that day of trouble, on the last day, on the day of judgment, when all the people of the earth are raised and everyone stands before God the Son and he judges on that day of trouble we will be secure in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion he shall hide me in his lair the lion of the tribe of Judah has got us in his most secret place and he will keep us there on that day Nothing will be wasted. Everything that we have done for the glory of God will be used by God for his glory. And within that day, we shall be in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide us and we shall be set high upon the rock. We shall be standing on the Lord Jesus Christ. For the rock is Christ. We're, we're to have a a change in our belief system. Why? Because God is our light and our salvation and our stronghold. So what does that mean? Well, it means also that we go through verses 7 to 12. We communicate with God. These are the ABC, really, aren't they? There's the uh, attitude that's changed in verse 2 to 3, the, the belief that's changed, verses 4 to 6, and now we've got communication. We're to communicate. We're to communicate firstly with the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. We're to be confident and we're to be contrite. We're to turn to the Lord and we're to pray to him. Why? Because he saved us, because he is our light, and because he keeps us. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. The Lord has told us to, to come to him with prayer. Come and seek my face. And we're to do that like obedient servants. We're to turn and we're to communicate. He asks, he commands us to pray communicate with the Lord. And what is it that we're to communicate? Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. What are we to pray when we come to God? 
We're to pray that he forgives us our sins, that he doesn't deal with us according to our sins, that he deals with us according to mercy, that he deals with us because we are his servants and he has made us his servants and he has worked through us and he works with us and uses us. We ask him never to leave us nor forsake us. Why? O God of my salvation. He uses now, David uses another name for God. He uses the name God, Elohim, the covenant one. The one who has made a binding promise. You see, God the Father made a promise with God the Son and God the Holy Spirit that a people would be saved for himself that the son would be given brothers and sisters, that he would be the firstborn amongst a multitude, that the father would have children, and that the son would bring them forward, and that the Holy Spirit would be in all the people of God. He promised to save people. He's a covenant God. He made the promise before the foundations of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ was conceived in the mind of the Father, and the Son was to come into the world. He was given a body, and he came into the world in Bethlehem, and he was born of a virgin by the Holy Spirit. And he lived a life before his Father, and he knew his Father, and he did everything that pleased his Father, and he walked amongst men, and he was ridiculed by his family, and he was betrayed by his friends, and he was crucified on a cross. Why? Because it pleased the Lord. It pleased the Father that he should be bruised. He has put him to shame. The Son came into the world because of this covenant promise that people would be saved. And here, when we come to God in prayer, we come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, not because of what we've done, not because of where we go, not because of what we know, or our family. We come because of him. Oh God of my salvation, do not forsake me. Yes, I've sinned. Yes, I've done awful things. But Lord, listen to me. Hear my prayer because I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that you sent into the world to save me. That's how we're to pray. And then he, he carries on. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. There was a, a famous Welsh preacher, Evan Roberts, in 1904. Wherever he went, God would bless him. And people were converted. And there was a man who'd who'd had problems at home and he, he wanted to see Evan Roberts and get help and advice from this man of God. So he walked 10 miles to see him. And Evan Roberts was upstairs preparing for something or other. And the man arrives at the house and knocks on the door and speaks. And he comes in and he said, I'd like to see Mr. Roberts, please. I've traveled 10 miles. So he said, I'll go and see what I can do. The man goes up the stairs and he, he speaks to Evan Roberts. He says, this man, I can't see him, the Lord won't allow it. The man goes back down and he says, I'm afraid Evan Roberts can't see you. And the man says, but I've traveled 10 miles. I'm desperate. Can't he see me for one moment? 
man goes back upstairs and says to Evan Roberts, he's travelled ten miles, he's desperate. And Evan Roberts looks at him and he says, I can't see him. Tell him Psalm 27, verse 10. So the man went downstairs and told him, he can't see you, but he told me that you're to look at Psalm 27, verse 10. So the man was distraught and left, and he opened his Bible, and he read, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. This man had been kicked out by his family because he'd become a Christian, and he didn't know where to turn. And he went to Evan Roberts, and the Lord spoke to him. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. When we pray, we are praying to our heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. His kingdom will come. He will never leave us nor forsake us. When we pray, we come with contrite hearts, but we come with confidence. And then verses 11 and 12, we're to come with petitions. What are we to come for? Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. We're to pray for help. We're to pray for wisdom. We're to pray for him to teach us so that we know how we're to go because we are surrounded by many who are not believers, who are our enemies because they are not in Christ and we need help. And we're to pray to the Lord for that help. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. Deliver me not into the hands of my enemies. You know, in the Lord's Prayer, the Lord emphasizes this. The Lord Jesus Christ tells us that when we pray, we're to say that we're to be delivered from, oh, from the evil one. And here we have the same. We're to pray that God would help us, that we would walk. We're to communicate to God. Why? Because he is our light and our salvation and he is our stronghold. But then we're also to communicate to ourselves. There was a, another great preacher last century, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And before he went into the ministry, he was thinking of becoming a preacher. And 1926, in the summer, he was on holiday in Newcastle-Emlyn with his wife, because that's the, the family were from that area. And he was walking with her, and he'd explained to her that he, he wanted to be a preacher. And she turned to him and said, yes, Martin, but what will you say when they say to you, well, you can, you can be a doctor, you can be a physician, but how do we know that you can preach? And he turned to her and he said, been preaching to myself many years we're to preach to ourselves we are all preachers we are all preachers and we're to preach to ourselves look at the end of this psalm i would have lost heart unless i had believed that i would see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living we're to remember we're to bring to ourselves we're to speak comfort to ourselves. We're to say, don't you realise that the Lord is your light? That he is your salvation? Don't you realise that he is your stronghold? Who will you fear? We would have fallen if we didn't speak to ourselves. So often we're not speaking to ourselves. And speaking words of wisdom to ourselves from the scripture. We must preach 
unto ourselves. Wait on the Lord. Be of courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He's talking to himself. I'm talking to me and I'm talking to you. We are to wait on the Lord. We're to rely on the Lord. We're to depend on he who has made all things. We're to depend on him for our light and our salvation. He is our stronghold. We're to wait on the Lord and we're to be of good courage, just like Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Be of good courage and go up. We are to be of good courage. The Lord Jesus Christ, God's servant, was dead and is risen forevermore and is in heaven and makes intercession for his flock. And he loves us, and he cares for us, and he protects us. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Your innermost being shall be reinforced with the love and the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit, so that we can go on, so that we can endure to the end. Wait, I say, in the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Wait, I say, on the Lord.